Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is Wednesday. It's February 6th. 2019, it's Relationship Wednesday. I can't believe I'm saying February 6th, but that's where it's at, and wow. So today on Relationship Wednesday, I had a couple of people I know have a certain issue, and they have not been intimate with anyone yet in their lives um, when it comes to sexuality. And, you know, know both people in one way better than the other, but know both people. And I had to really think about the fact that the intimacy, physical intimacy, is a very personal choice. But our vulnerabilities, our vulnerabilities, run our relationships with ourselves times. And I just have to say this because whatever we don't say, whatever we don't speak, whatever we ignore is actually what runs our lives. And sometimes the fact that we may think that we are not on the same timetable as others, just that alone will make us feel vulnerable, will make us question a lot of things, will make us overthink what we're thinking. Why didn't this happen to me? Why didn't I do this? Whatever it is, how we feel about who we are in a relationship is critical to how we enter that relationship, how we grow in the relationship, how we build bonds and bridges to staying there and thriving or finding out there isn't enough energy to keep the two of you together. Can you address these vulnerabilities without feeling like it will jeopardize your life, your relationships, how you think about yourself, the whole thing. How can you be you with another soul and still feel like you're you? And I thought long and hard because vulnerabilities, when we say that, everyone thinks of their own. But when someone tells you theirs, you're like, wow, you feel vulnerable about that? But it goes back to, as well, let's define whether or not that is a vulnerability. Because if you feel shame or embarrassment or sadness about yourself for whatever reason, most of the time it's a self-worth thing and you assume that people you assume what they will think they will either laugh or make fun of you or 
think you're weird or, or whatever it is. That's all you. You cannot decide for other people how they will feel about you. It's you that is deciding how you feel about you and then just assuming that everyone will feel about you the way you do, which isn't true. The badges that we wear of pain, of hurt, of fear, of doubt, of worry, those badges, sometimes they become such a part of us that we won't take them off. And it has nothing to do with anyone else. The biggest issue I get is when someone comes to me and says to me what other people think. That vulnerability in itself can ruin your life because other people are just other people. They have the same bag of vulnerabilities. They might have different vulnerabilities in that bag, but they have the same one you do. And to underestimate other people's love for you and to assume they will laugh at you, truly the underestimation of love for yourself. So I have to take vulnerabilities back to self-worth. When you write about all these feelings or talk about all these feelings of shame and embarrassment and sadness, that your, your brain is creating, what do they say? There's a saying for it, like you borrow trouble. You're creating an atmosphere that is hurting you. And for some reason, you feel like you should be hurt for the decisions that you've made. It's never about the end results that, well, I've never had physical intimacy because it's the only thing you didn't, and we assume most people do. But you would be surprised that there's people around who haven't. But it's also not a badge. It's just a choice. If Somewhere you couldn't or didn't allow another person to get past go with you. And you say, well, I just want to wait till marriage or I just want to wait for whatever time. Then own it. Don't make it the reason why you feel bad. Because it's not. No matter what it is you don't want to do or are not ready to do, that's been in the world. And for people who haven't had physical intimacy, they make a way bigger, I want to say bigger story around it. And they put a lot of weight on just that one act. But all the acts it takes to get there emotionally, those are the things that, you know, A lot of people who may not have high self-worth have done that, but that just wasn't the one thing that they decided that they were going to put off. But they may put off going to school, or they may put off take care of themselves very well. They may put off 
feeling like they ever have to tell the truth about something. So everyone has something. Just because you make a choice to not do one thing, don't use that one thing as a reason why you have self-decided that people will laugh at you. It's none of anybody's business. The fact that so much is being put on what other people know about you and what they think about you and why they think it and if they're going to laugh and who's close and who isn't and why they're talking and all that stuff is mentally exhausting. And it's so exhausting that it can consume anything good. What about the great things? That, hey, I waited because I care. Because me, out of all people, means something to me. And I do want, but really, I don't think I, I was ready in that time of my life. Now I'm kind of feeling ready. That's different than assuming all this stuff about how people will feel about you. How people will make assumptions the way you have about you. About feeling sure about yourself, but deciding that other people won't. Because why? Your circumstances are so different, so special. Because sometimes we alienate ourselves by saying they're too special. Nobody else in the world is going through this but me. And I've decided to shame myself for it, even though instinctively I thought I was doing the right thing. The right thing is owning, owning your vulnerabilities so that nobody else can own them. And then when you are in a relationship or people who are right now in a relationship with each other, those vulnerabilities can be owned. No one can use them against you if you own them. But if you're saying, this is, these are choices I've made and I'm not sure and everybody's going to do this and everyone's going to do that, that's like living in California and waiting for an earthquake. Yeah, there's a fault line in California, but that earthquake may not happen in my physical lifetime. So if I give it time to think about it and to do it and to be it, that's just, that's just wasting my life away. Looking for seeds of doubt, borrowing trouble by deciding what others will think of you, deciding what your partner will think of you is not dealing with reality when it comes to relationships. The only way you will know what your partner would say is if they actually said it. The only way you will know what your mother would say, your sisters would say, your friends will say, all these the people, whoever all these the people are, would say, is if you actually heard it, 
Now you have something to deal with. But even then, you can relax in the truth. But don't stop your life and your thinking before it's even started by letting your vulnerabilities run the relationship that you have with yourself before you've even gotten to someone else. Because what happens in energy when we do that? Well, here you are standing in in full view, and around you is, don't come to me. Don't come to me. Don't come to me. Don't come to me. All around you believe, because I've created in my mind these scenarios that they will bring feelings of shame, embarrassment, sadness. People will laugh at me. So just don't come to me. I can't handle it. And that's doing yourself a disservice on so many levels. Believing in yourself is owning the decisions you make so that when you share those decisions, they come from a place of understanding, of self-understanding, and of joy. Because one day you may say, gosh, I'm so glad I waited. I know people. I worked with people who waited. Because the minute you're ready, And the minute you drop that emotional stuff that gets between you and other people, the overthinking, you'll be surprised. People will just talk to you. They won't know everything about you, and you don't have to disclose your entire history in a first meeting or a second meeting or even a third. You can't assume people will want to go faster than you do. You can't live on assumptions based on your vulnerabilities. Because now you here's a vulnerability. The vulnerability created an entire scene of what's going to happen if anyone knew you had this vulnerability. And then on top of it, now there's the whole assumption. Assumption of how the relationship will be. And so you're the only person in the relationship and the other person gets no credit for being there. So how could anyone be there? They have been worked out of the relationship before they even got in. So let's say you meet someone and you're going out and you feel like you have to disclose everything. Well, you know, the pace goes both ways. Count yourself in. Learn to ask questions of yourself the way you are going and want to ask questions of others without assuming that all the questions are only going to go at you. Don't put the standards so high above your vulnerabilities where somebody's got to be Superman or Superwoman to make it into your life somehow for you to believe you are worth it. And then you let them in and you've assumed every single reaction they're going to have about you. Somewhere in your mind and in your heart, you need to include scared because that's the true vulnerability. 
It's a fear-driven way of life. I remember distinctively the day I realized that what people thought of me didn't matter, personal level, because once I saw Christ, I had a whole other, I want to say, world of baggage when it came to that. I didn't even know I had, but on a personal level, I remember when I got divorced and all the friends that we had for just about 14 years, I cooked dinners for, I stayed late up for, I did things for because I loved them so much. And then when we were getting divorced and my husband went around and tried to create stories about me that didn't even make sense. And everyone stopped talking to me. And I left them because I felt in my heart that he needed his friends more than I did. He needed people to agree with him. He needed people to cheer him on. He needed that. And I realized that, wow, all that that I had done and given my heart to is gone. In a, in a minute. And now I'm alone and I have two kids to raise and he found a way to hide most of the finances, everything he could. Took me a while to recover some. He wanted to fight me to the pulp. He wanted to tarnish my name. He wanted to do all of that. And if I were the road of deciding that what everybody thought about me was what I was going to think about me, I would have been destroyed. But something, thank God, showed me the fragility, the fragility of our emotional lives. And I remember saying to myself, all I have to do right now in my life is enjoy that nobody, nobody's hurting me anymore. And I'm free. And all I have to do is raise my children and do my best for myself. And that, that little conversation was the template of my life. I remember my mom coming to visit me, being scared to death. And, oh, my gosh, you're alone now, and you're in California, and I got to go back to Chicago, and what are we going to do with you? And I said, you shouldn't be worried about me now. I'm happy. Instead of, yeah, what are you going to do with me? Yeah, what's everyone going to do with me? Can you imagine if I did that? People are going to come in and out of your life based on just your soul's evolution while you're here. You, on the other hand, are with you the whole time. When you die and you're before God and you're, what you came here to evolve to starts going very quickly, 
in your mind, in your heart, you're, you're seeing your life and what you've done. You can't point fingers at anyone except yourself because you didn't come here to live anybody else's life. You came here to live your own. How did you deal with your vulnerabilities? How did you deal with other people? How did you make your decisions? Did you own your decisions? Did you own your vulnerabilities? Because that's the only way in time you'll grow. But you can't stand in front of God, well, you can, and say, well, you know what? I, I knew people would say this and that. And God said, how, how do you know? How did you know? Did you try? Don't put so much weight on one or two questions or one or two decisions. Look at our lives as a body of work that, hey, you know what? In my lifetime, I had two relationships that were, you know, those two relationships took about 17 years of my life to live in. And these are things I've learned. And I have learned that if I give my best, I don't look back with regret. I look back and go, wow, that was really hard. There were good times in there. And I give it balance. I don't just look at the stuff that hurt me. Because if I did that, and I came and I met someone, and I told them about everything that hurt me first, I would be giving them my burden to take on fixing me, proving to me that they're worth me when I wasn't even sure if I was worth me. So if I'm not sure I'm worth me and I meet somebody and they think I'm worth everything, the sad part is about that, that I may not respect them. I may not respect them or thinking I was worth something because I already in my heart may have known I'm not. And that's not okay for either of you. We can say to ourselves, regardless of the outcome, hey, you know what? I want to try. No big deal. If it doesn't work, chances are it may not work. But chances are it may. Let me try. Let me ask a question. Let me not assume. Oh, wait a minute. I'm assuming an answer. That's not okay. And bust yourself along the way. Addressing our vulnerabilities, owning our vulnerabilities, truly the best we've got. It is the best that we've got. There's a lot of things we can offer another person once we've offered those things to ourselves, and that's compassion, that's self-understanding, that these are the circumstances of my life. Yes, they are. At first, I thought that they weren't a good idea. At first, I thought that they should bring me shame and embarrassment and sadness. And I've assumed people will laugh at me for this because I've made it so big in my mind. But you know what? I'm kind of a pretty cool person. Wow, I made it to this age. God, I must really care about who I bring into my life. Wow, I must really care 
about what I feel about myself, about my body, how I share it. And there's something I haven't admitted to myself yet. And that is that I kind of like my own company. You are getting older and you find that you have not had a desire strong enough to overcome your vulnerabilities to get to someone, that you kind of enjoy your own self-identity there. It's really kind of cool if you look at it that way. Yesterday I talked to a man, and a um, pretty famous man, but I talked to him, and it was on a three-way call, and he wanted to tell me about did to him that hurt him, but yet what his dad taught him through that hurt is why he had the career he had. And he told me as though it was a sob story, and I listened to it, and I said, oh, wait a minute, here's, here's so many thousands of dollars of coaching in one sentence or two or three. I said, you go back to that time that your dad taught you that and rewrite it in your head. Taught you was a gift. You had to get it the way you got it because without him, you would not have had the profession you had. You would not not have had succeeded in it as you have. You would not have done any of that. Without him, he gifted you. And now you don't need that story anymore. So give him back his energy because that energy of frustration was his energy. Give it back to him so that you can have you for the rest of your life. And the vulnerabilities we have, once we own them, we can look at them that way. We can say, hey, where did this, start how far back was I having these thoughts about myself because if you don't it will run the rest of your life let alone your relationships which are your life part of your life because it isn't just the romantic relationships that we have that it runs it's every single relationship we have our walking billboard Everyone will laugh at me if they knew me. That's not true. And at the very least, tell yourself the truth. Everyone will fill in the blank. Who is everyone? It's like when people say those people. I'm like, who are those people? Once you meet them, they're someone you know. Tell yourself short and generalizations and assumptions and reasons outside of you personally, who's with you wherever you go, to be what interferes in your life. Don't let a circumstance you actually chose in one way or another be what you focus on. Focus on what came before that. It was just like when my kids were little and I I used to always say to them, they'd come to me and if if they got in a fight or whatever, I would 
always have them come and we'd do this thing called court and I'd get a wooden spoon and I'd hit the counter with the wooden spoon and the one I thought was guilty, I'd make talk first. And I never had to get to the second person. Isn't that amazing? I never had to get to the second person. Ever. Because the first person when they have to tell me what happened, was able to see what they did. And before I knew it, they're like, oh, sorry. I remember my son once realizing it was him. And he said, but I don't feel like saying sorry because I don't mean it. And I said, oh, well, you got me there. Tell yourself you're sorry. Start over. Go back to the fork in the road and repave it with love. I love you guys, and I will see you tomorrow morning on Dream Theme Thursday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.